from Commander's Palace Restaurant in New Orleans. We're out to lunch with Tulane University's A.B. Freeman School of Business professor and economist, Peter Raschuti. It's business New Orleans style. Hi, and welcome to the show. I'm Peter Raschuti, and I'm out to lunch at Commander's Palace with Taylor Beery of Voted. Americans desire to be heard, whether it's having a say in which restaurant to eat at with friends and family or choosing a president. We all want to participate in decision-making. But if you've been outvoted in pizza versus Chinese or felt your government, city, council, or PTA doesn't care about your opinion, Taylor Berry has heard you and he's doing something about it. Taylor, tell us about Voted. I've uh, read up a little bit on it and I really like the idea. Where did all this get started? So it all got started, uh, my background was in dealing with decision-making breakdowns after Katrina. I worked for the federal government in the, uh, the long-term recovery office for a guy named Donald Powell, who's, I was his senior sure, advisor for a number of years. He ran the joint, right? He did, and, and, and there were some incredible, both in the immediate and the long-term breakdowns in how the decision-making process worked there. So that was sort of where I first started becoming passionate about improving the process, and then I got tied in with two local startup technology entrepreneurs, Matt and Andy Wisdom. And Matt had been spending a lot of time thinking about the ways that technology, uh, particularly web and mobile-based technologies, could solve these problems for people. So you were there, you know, boots on the ground and seeing the problems and thought of just ways we could do this better. That's right. That's, that's really, um, that's amazing. And then when did, now I see you at, at, with Launchpad and Entrepreneur's Week and all that, but it, it didn't start there. It started uh, on a much smaller scale, I guess. It did. We started this process, you know, Matt started thinking about this uh, on the technology side probably 10 years ago. I started thinking about this both on the business and, and the policy side in the same neighborhood of time. So this has been developing for a long time, but we actually launched the company about a year ago today. Uh, I think our... Our, we actually filed for incorporation a year ago tomorrow. So we've been, been at this for, for about a year. Well, I get, as an example, earlier before we, we started, you were talking about a community group that was m making a decision on something. Give me Use that as an example to how we'd use Voted. Sure. So a neighborhood association that has some extra budget is making a decision about how to spend it in a way that best benefits the neighborhood. And typically, for anyone who's dealt with neighborhood associations before, a very small minority typically represents the neighborhood association. They're the people who are willing to go to the meetings and involved with the process. So what this neighborhood association has done is brought the, uh, for lack of a better way to put it, the power out to all of the people in the neighborhood and allowed them all to chime in in an organized way and say how they want to spend this budget money. So in this example, they've got several thousand dollars and it's either a park, you know, park improvements or it's a variety of other things they can use the money for. So they've sent a vote it out to their entire neighborhood and everyone's chiming in and not just saying what their thoughts are, but really what their opinions are on the right way to push forward with that budget. What, now, where, now, you must have started with a, an email list of the community, or? We actually just empower the people who organize these associations directly. So, Voted is available at Voted.com. They can go to the website, and all they have to do is input the members they want to vote on a particular issue, and the vote goes to them directly. And then those people can express their opinions, comment and interact with each other, present evidence. If someone's got a report that a certain thing is better than another, they can attach that to their choice. They can, they can interact in a variety of different ways. Multimedia, you know, if they have a movie that they think best expresses their opinion, they can present that to others in case it persuades their, their choices as well. well. Now, what does a vote it look like? Yeah, so it's a, it's a very simple interface. We want everybody who sees this to immediately be able to grab 
things that are passionately supported, things that are just passable, and things that are contentious. So someone who looks at it will see green boxes, big and dark if people are supportive of something, or red boxes, which are big and red if they're against a choice. And for I'm people who are, that would not be a good yeah, this, but we have a colorblind option for this. But <laughs> but the uh, but the there's also a middle option, which is okay, which just means it's not my favorite option, but if it's chosen, I could go along with it. Which is really the definition of consensus: people who are fully supportive and people who can go along with a given decision. Now, in the great example you've used, where would that data go? Would that go to the person's city council person? Is that would? It's publicly available, so it's a totally open and transparent system. Each person that I invite to a vote directly can come into the vote and see see the entirety of the vote, see where everyone stands, interact with all the participants, and talk through the issue. But the person who can actually print out the report and control how the question is handled is the organizer who goes to voteit.com and actually creates the vote. Now it seems like there would be a lot of different applications for this. I mean, we're talking about kind of on a democracy basis, but on a commerce kind of basis, you'd have like kind of your own focus groups and all, right? Sure, so we're surprised every day by the way people are using it. We, you know, the bachelor parties, the dinner decisions, <laughs> things of that nature, we saw that coming. But <laughs> other decisions like uh, a group of doctors who are based out of South Carolina are using our system to consult and gather each other's best experience and expertise on the best ways to treat challenging cases. So as an example, I have a 68-year-old male with a knee problem. Here's a description of the problem. Here are a series of x-rays I'm attaching to my vote for everyone to see and respond to. And then they are, they've sent it out to 200 doctors to respond. Uh, each of those doctors who gets that invitation can click through to voteit.com, see the presentation, and say, I think this treatment is better or that treatment. For instance, one doctor chimed in and said, I don't like any of these, and I won't get into the details because I don't know what they mean either, but you know, this particular treatment isn't right. I support a non-operative way to treat this because of a journal, an article I read in the Journal of Orthopedic Research. <clears throat> and that doctor can then actually attach that article so the other docs who are coming to the site can see it or returning to the site can see it and say, you know what, that's a good point, and even change their vote if they're persuaded. The real way, what we're striving for is if, if you and I and a few other people sitting around this table were just making a decision over lunch. We would say what we thought, we'd present why we felt that way, and even evidence if we had it for that opinion. But there's no online opportunity to do that at scale, and that's what voted is. It's a, it's a conversation over a table, with a group of friends, but it's at scale, so large groups can make more important and more impactful decisions. Now, is there, are, are you anonymous, or is there like a secret vote option? There will be, at this point, it's not anonymous. So we think that people are typically more responsible and productive in working with each other when they're identified. Um, case in point, there are a lot of anonymous blogs, some on some news sources that we all use every day where when you can come in and be anonymous, you're not incentivized to work productively with other people. So our first version of the system, does it does self-identify people who are coming in and expressing their opinions and voting. We will offer, however, the option for the people who create votes to allow their participants to be anonymous. That will be coming, but it's not, it's not out yet. Because I know, for instance, you know, when you, you get something on uh, NOLA.com and you read the story and then all those people chime in and... And usually it's pretty scary what the people write in. It makes you want to just hide somewhere, you know. It's uh, but uh, this is this is this is terrific. Um, what, what do you think of some of the other things that we might see this go on? It's interesting. I just love the fact that you've invented this, and that you don't really know all the applications. Right. <clears throat> We're targeting uh, small businesses. We've got small businesses like Federated Sample and like TurboSquid who've used this product. 
you know, hey staff, what do you think about this decision? What should be the priorities of our monthly agenda? And engaging their employees. Engaging employees is sort of a, a buzzword right now for a lot of businesses who are dealing with a generation of, of us who are now in the workforce who are less interested in what our pension or our long-term job security looks like and more interested in some sort of an inner fulfillment. So that whole concept in this generation of the workforce has motivated people to talk a lot more about employee engagement. So engaging employees in important decisions that affect a company is something companies are growing uh, to be more interested in now. Also the ability to reach out to their customers. So we have, uh, you know, we have a, a local restaurant who's going to reach out to their customers on naming a burger of the week with the idea <laughs> that if you named it, you may be more likely to want to eat it, right? If you're yes. involved, if you're engaged in that process, you feel an ownership to that and a connection to it. So we're, we're using it for both in engaging employees and also customers. We've also seen uh, universities. Uh, we're proud to say that Tulane University is our first enterprise customer. Uh, and the student council right now is developing ways to use it for its internal committees to decide things like its budget, but also to engage broader student groups uh, in, in important decisions that they're facing. And I, and I mentioned you know, the associations were also working with nonprofits like Five of Forward, the Idea Village, and a number of others who are engaging their boards as well as their members and trying to get folks more involved in what's going on with the group. Wow. The, and now what about, um, you know, we're talking about getting to that end group, the, the, your legislator, your senator, or whatever. Where does that all fit in? I mean, what's the, what's the big picture? Is that something where somebody would show them, here's what your constituents believe? Or Sure. So one of the, you know, one of the motivators for... Matt and Andy and my thought process with all of this has been watching current events. More and more you see from the top down governments and larger organizations trying to reach down to the people they impact. And more and more you see people from the bottom up saying, I want to have a voice in this. And unfortunately right now their only options are email, which is overwhelming and unwieldy very quickly at very small numbers. Beyond about six people you've got a problem. And it goes that way for an in-person meeting as well. Or they can turn to surveys and polls, which kill the interaction between participants that make reaching consensus even possible. So what we are is a survey with that interaction capability layered on top of it. And the applicability of that to dealing with things like, as an example, you know, Facebook was very successful in starting a revolution in Egypt. But where were the 21st century tools when it came to rebuilding the Egyptian government? They were absent, they were incapable they return to archaic methods of trying to go through that process. And so what we're saying is if we can empower individuals who are impacted by very important decisions at every level of scale, how powerful could that be to democracies, to political parties, to, to, to everyone who's impacted by these types of decisions? And, and frankly, the focus of starting with these smaller groups like the neighborhood associations, the businesses, the universities, not only is it part of our business model, but you can't start with Egypt or with the mess that we have in our own Congress and just point the finger and say what's wrong when we've got groups of people who can't even decide where to go on vacation together, right? <laughs> we have to solve these problems from the ground up. And that's also the way that Vote It seeks to be a very profitable and successful local business that will employ a lot of folks. I mean, uh, the timing here seems terrific in a couple of reasons. You know, one is you've got the technology, but the other is, frankly, people are so disheartened. I, I, you know, what is it, the, the poll showed last week, 9% of Americans thought Congress was doing a good job. How could all this change? How could you get, uh, how, how could that improve the situation? Sure, I mean, I, th I think 
if, if you look at, let's, let's, let's boil it as I said, if you take this all the way down to the ground level, if you look at an interaction like we're seeing in a neighborhood association level, people who were never allowed to engage in those types of decisions before are, ha are getting a voice. So one, they're all engaging at mass. They're all enjoying the engagement. They're glad to have it. They're more involved. They feel like they're a part of their community. People who aren't, from the business model side as well, people who aren't being invited because they haven't paid their dues are calling into their neighborhood association and saying, why am I not included in this vote? And they're saying, because you haven't paid your dues. And so they're saying, all right, I'll go ahead and pay my dues. So the, the point of that in this situation, in this context to be, not only is engagement critically important to all of us, even on small things like a neighborhood improvement project, but we, are, we're, we, d we demand it. And we'd even be willing to pay for it. Um, and when you think about that in the context of what's going on in Congress and the frustration, I mean, regardless of what your political party is, everyone knew that this current president is a tremendous communicator. And if he could bring people to, if he couldn't bring to get people together, maybe nobody could. And so that I think is a source of a lot of frustration too. It's people still feel so disengaged. And we believe Vote It could be that pathway to engagement at enormous scales on things that people care very, very deeply about. I just can't wait to think of all the other new applications that are where we're going on. You know, this is the part, I think you're going to like on the show, is that this is the time we do the checklist. It's the part of the show where we take a little break and ask you a couple of quick questions uh, that you probably wouldn't find on a loan application. So uh, we'll, st we'll start off with, a, uh, who's your hero? My hero, my father, uh, is definitely my hero. A, a local business guy, worked all his life, uh, took very good care of us, and, and I hope to be that kind of father. I have a five-week-old, so I'm a little bit, uh, maybe more sentimental than I would even usually be, but this would always be my answer, my father. Well, that is great. And hopefully we'll have your son on the show in 30 years and he'll, he'll mention you. <laughs> His That'll vocabulary is pretty terrible so far. <laughs> so. Do you like to cook? I do. I love it. And what do you make? So I guess my specialty is, is omelets, which is sort of a generic guy answer. Um, I also love to make gumbo. I, I like to tackle the, the Besh cookbook or whatever great local cookbooks I can get my hands into and do a terrible job trying to recreate their recipes, but I like to try. Well, I noticed when they were uh, here at Commanders telling us what we were going to eat, you were... Your eyes lit up. Oh, you, I love food. Yes, you were. <laughs> that's part of part of what brought me home. <laughs> well, that you know, that's that's the best thing about this show is that we hear these great young people coming coming home. Um, what's the worst decision you ever made? I've made a couple of pretty bad business decisions. Uh, what's the worst decision I ever made? Um, wow, uh, <laughs> that is a good one. Um, the worst decision I ever made. I'm so thankful for everything that led me here. I have such a hard time answering that question. Um, I, I, I think I'm going to have to bow out on okay, this Okay, that, that's in, okay. In the, I in the interest the wheels, of time. The wheels were turning, and that's all that... I uh, could get to something in about a half an hour, but we don't have that kind of Well, I'll of give you one, then. If you don't get this one right, <laughs> it, this is going to be very bad for you. Where do you like to go on vacation? My favorite vacation I ever took was was probably my honeymoon with my wife, which was to Polynesia, which was pretty aggressive and, and way too expensive to recreate. Um, so I, I would say just the opportunity to get to the, you know, Panhandle of Florida, the Destin area, uh, beautiful white beaches and blue water. I hope to be there this summer. So, As a dad, I know your vacations change after, after this stage. <laughs> That's uh, what I hear. <laughs> yeah. this, is, uh, this has been really great. You know, I want to ask you, uh, we have a, 
we're getting quite a following now with the show, and so right about now is when we go to our inbox, and that's where our producer picks out a question that came in from a listener. And um, Grant, you're the big selector out there. What have you got? Well, I got an interesting bunch of questions uh, this week, and then um, I forgot to bring my glasses. <laughs> so I borrowed some what? glasses downstairs from the commanders people. I've got a box of reading glasses there, and to the best of my ability, only one of these, only one of my eyes is in focus now. So I'm going to have a crack at reading this oh, from. This is I believe be the guy's name is Evan Sanders. So Evan, forgive me if it's actually Banders or something. Uh, this is what he asks: Is common sense and open democracy what we really want for everything? What about good old-fashioned leadership by people with superior ideas and intelligence than the masses? Isn't that why we have elections, committees, etc.? It's an interesting question. That's a macro question for you. It's a great question, and, and I'll, I'll actually I'll tackle that from sort of the big picture concept of of what we're doing. Um, what Voted seeks to do is what we're currently doing is sending people to representative positions and expecting them to be experts in a broad variety of, of categories. Everybody's supposed to be a mile deep and a mile wide. And it's unrealistic. And again, as I said, I, what we focus on is building this process from the ground up. And, the, and the here we're talking about your legislators and all Cur that. Okay. Right. So, so what we seek to do is build it from the ground up. But, but in the context of our legislators, a system where we could actually identify people by their expertise as opposed to just being an expert at being a politician could actually answer Evan, I think was his name's question, a lot more directly than the way that we're currently handling it. What Vote It will do at larger scales will provide proxies. So if it's a healthcare issue, I can say, you know what, I trust this person's opinion on healthcare, they've got my proxy. So one person may vote for many. And in essence, identify new leaders based on subject matter expertise, as opposed to expectations that each of these folks that we send to Washington, D.C. is an expert in everything. Um, so that's, that's an angle that, that we've been spending a lot of time working on. That, you know, it's funny, you just came up with a, an interesting idea for, your, for Voted. Uh, the uh, Governor Jindal is working on trying to reform the pension system in Louisiana because we have this huge unfunded accrued liability. And how basically, you know, people like ourselves, you, you came from the investment banking business, maybe Louisianians that knew something about it, everybody could kind of chip in. Yeah, and, and it, in essence, at the end of the day, it's the person who organizes the vote who makes the decision about whether they proceed. This is not binding. It's not written into law. But it does create a new potential for accountability. If your example, Governor Jindal, reached out to the broad masses for a voted on how to handle this issue, he might not choose what the consensus opinion was, but we'd all have a way to say, why not? And, and here are all the experts who supported it. Here's why they supported it. It's all very clean and clear and a simple interface. Why did you choose to go a different direction? <clears throat> so that's, that's another definite application of what we're doing. Wow, this is, uh, I am really enjoying this. Thank, thank you. The, uh, Me too. This is great. I, um, if you have a question or a comment, you know, I'm going to ask you a question before I even get that. You know, because here I see you're, you're a big thinker. I can see the gears turning in your head and all that. And it's like, what do you, what do, you do all day? I spend my entire day between this five-week-old baby and Vote It. That's pretty much all I think about. So uh, what I do in the context of Vote It in a given day uh, is in between making sure our users have the, the best experience possible every time they come to our site and use our product. It's making sure more users know who we are by building our brand, brand awareness and social media marketing campaigns and getting the opportunities like this to reach out and tell people about what we're doing. Uh, and it's also, you know, it's a startup. So I'm hauling printers into the office, I'm moving desks around, I'm 
you know, trying to get papers organized and get make sure everybody's got a computer. So it's it's your typical startup, everybody's in charge of everything kind of atmosphere as well. And how many folks are over there with you, by the way? We're at six full-time uh, right now and, and actually uh, heading back out into the market to raise some funds to build out our marketing and our product development teams uh, as we speak. So we're, we're starting that process now. Wow, and, and recently you got a, a, a big investment behind you, right? We did, we had a, a great seed round, uh, $800,000 that was raised from all local investors who are uh, very strong believers in what, uh, what this team and this product can do and, and we're extremely thankful to them. You know, if I was listening to the show right now, I'd think, you know, this is an amazing breakthrough, but one of the questions I'd be asking is, how do you physically make money? Or how will you make money, I guess? Sure, we're a monthly-based subscription revenue model. So if you and a group of friends want to figure out where you're going on vacation or where you're going to dinner, come to voteit.com, you're going to do it completely for free. But if you're a part of an organization, now you're a member of that neighborhood association, and you're saying, I want to be able to keep all the association's votes organized in one place, and I want to control who the members are of that association, somebody who's coming in, somebody who's going out. I want to be able to manage those member lists. That's an organization, and that has a monthly subscription fee, very affordably $19 a month. Now if you want customized analytics, you're at the back end of that decision, and you're thinking, I want to know not just how people, what their final opinion was, which a survey will give me, I want to know how they got there. I want to know the why. The why can so often be so much more important than just the, the checkbox. So we can tell you through our customized analytics and reporting, not just what their final opinion was, but how they got there. What influenced them? What evidence did they present? And that would be a different level of the dashboard they would pay more for? That would be a, a $49 subscription fee as well. And then, and then higher for enterprise clients, like I mentioned, Tulane. Yeah. Uh, if you have a very large organization and you need some additional features to manage that, that's a, a higher level. Wow, that is, uh, that, is, that is great. I want to tell everybody, if you have a question or a comment, uh, drop it to us on Out to Lunch inbox at outtolunch at itsneworleans.com or tweet us on Twitter. We're at itsneworleans. Uh, this, is, this has been really great. You know, one of the things we do at this part of the show is we usually talk about a, a, a publicly traded company in the region. I thought I'd talk about one that my students follow, about, uh, follow with uh, here at Tulane. And it's a company called Cons Appliances. Now, for people who have listened to the show for a long time, it was the very first company we talked about several months ago. And it has been far and away the best performing stock we have. The stock is, a, it's a company headquartered in Beaumont, Texas, and they're, they're kind of like a mini Best Buy. They're, they're Cons Appliances is in Texas, um, and Oklahoma, and a little bit of Louisiana, all the way out to Baton Rouge, but not this far east. And as a sign of how much the, uh, the consumer seems to be recovering, uh, their sales have really begun to ramp up, and the stock is up about 200% in the last uh, 18 months. So uh, that seemingly has been interesting, not only from this investment, stocks at 16, trades on the NASDAQ at CONN, uh, pretty reasonable price earnings ratio. But the, the other thing is that it, it is a pretty good message for where this economic recovery is. This has been the part that's been missing, the, mm -hmm. that consumer feeling the, the lack of a better term, mojo to go out and, and buy something. And, uh, and cons is very interesting for another aspect in that they do all their own financing. And so uh, uh, that's a, that, that is a separate line item that's very valuable to the, uh, to the company. So we'll keep an eye on, uh, we'll keep an eye on that one. Uh, Taylor Beery, uh, thank you so much for joining me on Out to Lunch. Uh, the more I do this show, the more amazed I am by the ingenuity that's lurking in the minds of New Orleanians, particularly the ones that came back. That's, where, that's the best part. <laughs> Taylor, we look forward to seeing Vote It rolled out. And um, 
I look forward to seeing you again here on the show. I'd like to see how this goes. Maybe a year from now, come back and tell us how, how much further along. I can't wait. That Thank would, you very much for having me. It'd be great, Taylor. My, my guest today on Out to Lunch has been Taylor Beery from Vote It. For more information on how to get your voice heard wherever you want it, follow the links to Vote It on our site, itsneworleans.com. Our show is recorded live over lunch at Commander's Palace in New Orleans. Commander's Palace serves lunch Monday to Friday, jazz brunch on Saturday and Sunday with live music, and dinner seven nights a week. The producer of our show is Grant Morris. Our technical producer is Eric Merle. Our web designer and digital guru is Cliff Brigden. Jennifer Smith is our researcher. Mitch Foreman wrote and performs all the music on Out to Lunch. You can keep up with our continuing adventures in Crescent City Commerce by liking It's New Orleans on Facebook. You can also follow us on Twitter, subscribe to us on iTunes, and check out our other shows on itsneworleans.com, including Happy Hour, Mindset, and True to the Game. If you have a question or comment, drop it in the Out to Lunch inbox at outtolunch.com at itsneworleans.com or tweet us. On Twitter, we're at itsneworleans. Thank you to our friends at WWNL, New Orleans' source for NPR news, and thank you for joining us at lunch today. Until we meet again around the table here at Commander's Palace, I'm Peter Raschuti. Out to Lunch is a production of INO Broadcasting for itsneworleans.com. <laughs>